What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And what's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is Bitches and Murders. <laughs> I'm still so mad that the last episode we recorded that we managed to sing SpongeBob in perfect harmony, but yet we can't say a fucking intro at the same time. It's fine, you know? <laughs> it's SpongeBob just comes from the heart. It really does. It transcends distance. <laughs> All right. I'm so ready. I've had coffee. I've had... I know. I'm chugging a Red Bull as we speak. I've had some pistachios. I'm, I'm ready. Let's fucking rumble. Are you ready to hear who we're talking about today? I know this man's middle name and that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Ramon... Insert middle name here. <laughs> Salcedo. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know shit about this man's early life. It's really hard to find. Okay. Um, I, there's a, okay, there's a book about this. I'll get to that later. We'll talk about that later. Um, so maybe that mentions more in it. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I didn't have time to read the entire book. So I don't have much information on his early life. <laughs> so I can't really say what happened to him as a child. Um, so there's not going to be a lot of motive and or reasoning behind this. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to put that out there right now. We don't get to make our serial killer cocktail? Well, we... I'm not going to lie. We don't really have a serial killer today. Wait. We sort of do. What? But not actually. So I'm not sure if the serial killer cocktail would have helped anyways. Oh, okay. Well... I'll tell you what very little I know, which is literally like two sentences. I don't know um, why my brain decided to say tally-ho, but tally-ho. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born March 6th of 1961 okay. in Los Mochis in Sinaloa, Mexico. I butchered all of that. Yeah. And I apologize. I don't know why you keep choosing Latino cases when you can't roll your R's. Yeah, that's the frustrating part too is like I took like so much Spanish and like can read whole novels in Spanish but like can't say it out loud because I can't fucking roll my R's <laughs> uh, so besides his birthday and the city he was born in the only other fact I know about his early life is that his mother's name is Valentina Bajorquez oh that's fun that's all I got that's okay. literally it cool Um. so that was exciting. We love a mystery man. So now we're uh, just into the murder right. already. We're just really in the thick of it. Uh, because the, the weird... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I also thought of that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I say it, I think that. I can't help myself. It lives rent-free in my brain. So this... Um, even though I don't know about his early life very much, I know way too much about these murders let me just fucking tell you bet let's because go all of this information i know that all of this information is accurate <laughs> because all of this information comes directly from the court transcripts of the trial oh good um so like it's it's clearly like verified information at this point so yeah we're just gonna we're gonna get into it okay get my little tablet ready <laughs> okay 
So on Tuesday, April 11th of 1989, um, Ramon was at work. And while he was at work, he got served um, like child support papers from his second wife. He's had several wives. I'm pretty sure at this point he's on his third wife. But I don't have much information about, like, what really happened with those early marriages. Like, I don't really know why they didn't work out. Okay. But he's got several wives. And he was mad about this, obviously. <laughs> um, so, this, like, so this happens. And then the next day he finds out from his neighbor that his current wife was making fun of that. Like, making fun of the fact he got child support papers and told the neighbor that she was also planning to divorce him. Jesus. So it was kind of like, ah, ha, 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 he has to pay child support, but he's about to have to pay alimony and even more child support, like, kind of a thing. Because they also have kids together as well. Because they had three daughters together. Oh, damn. Him and his third wife. But we'll we'll get in more into that later, because that's important later. It's not really that important at this moment. But yeah, so his he's mad at his wife because he finds out that his wife is thinking of divorcing him and making fun of him. He's got stress from his second wife who's asking for child support. So we're stressed. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like not wildly important details in this. So I'm like not 100% sure how much detail I should go into here. Because, like, this is obviously the official court, court transcript, so they have his, like, movements marked down to, like, the minute. Oh, Jesus. And I don't really care. Yeah. To the minute. And I don't really think anyone else cares to the minute. Like, they could just read this if we'll they want just, to. It's available. We'll post it on, like, our Patreon if anybody's interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, he, um... Okay, so that was Tuesday. Tuesday gets the child support. Wednesday, he finds out about his wife possibly divorcing him. Mm. Thursday, he ends up making a little bit of money. He works for a winery, by the way. Don't think I said that. He works for a winery. So he's out making deliveries, um, you know, kind of making some money. And he runs into his friends, Michael Caretti. And... Oh, yeah, sorry. He met up with another guy named Mark, and that's where he got the money from for the wine deliveries. So he leaves Mark, and then he goes, hangs out with Michael Caretti at the bar. Um, Together, they do a little bit of coke. Um, They then drive to Ramon's home, where they do more coke. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. You can't just casually be like, oh, yeah, they did coke, and then da-da-da-da-da. Like, what? Well, I mean, to be fair, they they didn't do a lot of coke. Um, And that also, this will come into play later. Like, the coke thing will become more important later. But they really didn't do very much. Like, the first time they did coke, when they were, like, at the bar, they, like, went out to their car to do it. And they did, like, a a line, which they, they, Kateri's, like, their line, the line that they took specifically, it was, like, less than a quarter of a gram. So it, it was, like, a relatively small amount especially if he's someone who like has done it before so um, ca- casual coke not yeah it, it wasn't like they were really like 
rolling hard in it. Like, they both ingested, like, a very small amount. Like, I think they said all together for the entire night, they ingested, like, a gram okay. between, like, three people, which is not, not a lot. much. So, but that'll be important later. Oh, good. So they do coke in the car. They go to Ramon's house and they do coke with his wife, which is a weird choice. <laughs> uh, but I don't think at this point he has not confronted her about the annulment thing. Like she doesn't know that he knows. So I'm pretty sure like as far as she's aware, like they're good. Well, like as good as they normally are. You right. know what I mean? Which is, you know, probably not great, but. And then, um, and this is important later too, like Ramon was driving and that wasn't a problem. Like he was good to drive. Okay. So that's, well, I mean, you can have your arguments on whether someone who's ingested Coke is good to drive, but for all intents and purposes, he's okay to drive, which is also important later. Um, so they go back to the bar. They do the rest of the cocaine. Like I said, it was about a gram altogether. Um, and then Ramon invites his friend Mike to go to this like inn. It's called the Sonoma Mission Inn, but it's kind of like a like a motel. Okay. And he's like, "We're gonna pick up girls." <laughs> okay. Hotel. Wait, is it his wife with them? No, they like they were at the house with his wife, and then they went back to the bar. But it was gotcha. just the two of them okay. that went back to the bar. So they're like, "Cool, we're gonna go meet some girls." So they show up at like 2 a.m. It's like Friday now. It's like, you know, into the night. 2 a.m. at Friday, they show up at their friend Mario's house. And they're like, hey, dude. Can I move into your house? (laughs) I wish that was kidding. They were like, they show up at this dude's house at like 2 a.m. Try to get this dude to go to like a party with them. And the dude's basically like, well, I'll go to the party with you if my brother can move into your house. Which is like, okay. What a weird trade Not a trade. Not a trade. (laughs) And then, so he asks, Mario asks if his brother can move in with Ramon. But then in the same conversation, Ramon's like, hey, can I borrow $50 to buy more Coke? And Mario's (laughs) like, no. (laughs) I'm like, what a strange interaction to have at 2 a.m. Mario's just trying to look out for Luigi, okay? Literally. (laughs) I love the audacity of, which I mean, like, you know, if you don't want to loan money to someone, that's fine. But like the the funny thing about it is just to be like, hey, um, can you do me this huge favor? Uh, Can my brother move in with you and your wife? And then in the same conversation be like, but no, you can't borrow $50. (laughs) Well, I mean, plumbers don't make that much, so. That's fair. So all three of them go back to the bar for the third fucking time. Um, But pretty much, like, as soon as they got there, the dude made, Mario made Ramon drive him home. Like, they literally got to his house right before 2 a.m. And all of this was over at 2.15. So they were together for, like, half an hour, maybe. It was like, what is happening? What is, what are you doing? <laughs> there was a Koopa shell. I don't know what you want from him. So they go back to the bar for the fourth fucking time. 
Um, and Ramon, once again, is like sober, like pretty sober. Like he had been like obviously imbibing a little bit, but like everyone's like he he had his shit together. Um, but karate did not. Karate? Why did I pronounce it? <laughs> what? <laughs> karate <laughs> was what I meant to say. <laughs> it's a throwback to the karate chop to the throat. <laughs> it's still stuck in my head. I told you it would be. I made the joke about Razzle Dazzle and it took everything in me not to say Hazel Brazzle. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh no, why are my allergies acting? I laugh too hard enough. <laughs> now I have snot. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Uh, oh my god, this whole story. I forgot how like convoluted the storyline yeah. is too. Like it's such a weird night. Like the fact that no one was like no one was triggered by this or was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Seriously, though, they're like, they're at the bar. They're not at the bar. They're at the bar. They're not at the bar. They're at the bar. Like, what? Well, the thing is, they went to the bar like six, seven, like six or seven times for no fucking. Like, we're literally at the fourth time they're at the bar. (laughs) Like, stop. Like, go to the bar idea. (laughs) So they go back to the bar. So Ramon drives Mario home and goes back to the bar and meets up with Mike and their friend Larry. And they drive all together. Well, not all together. They drive in separate cars. But they drove over to the Sonoma Mission Inn. Um, and once again, Ramon seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Like, he seemed sober. So he goes there. And he goes <coughs> to the receptionist. And he was asking them about... I think, essentially, he was trying to see if his wife was cheating on him. Because mm. he went there and he... like I think that was a real reason he wanted to go there. But he knew his friends didn't want to do that. So he was like, yeah, let's go hook up with girls. Because like once he got there, he was looking for reservations under his wife's name or his last name. I like that that's the narrative, but they have not interacted with a single woman this entire night. Yeah, like <laughs> not at all, but okay. <laughs> um... Princess but yeah, he Peach, just kind of like found. he just kind of like played it off too. Like it wasn't even until later that they realized like who he was looking for, like what he was looking for, because he just kind of like really nicely asked the receptionist, and they were like, "You could smell alcohol like a teeny bit, but like he seemed really sober. Like he was very polite. Yeah. Like the security guard saw him, but like didn't think, you know, didn't think anything of it. Like didn't think he was dangerous or anything." And then he kind of just played it off and, like, asked how much it was to stay there and was like, oh, like, sorry, that's too much. And then they left. All of them left. And went back to the bar, I'm assuming? Um, I don't think it's, I don't think so. I think he just oh, went home. But, like, so this is all, like, it's probably about, like, 3 a.m. or so by oh, the time geez. he gets home. Maybe just, like, a little bit after 3. But what's extra weird is so he, I think he went straight home because so he got home I'm assuming and then because at 5:39 a.m. Angela his wife um withdrew $200 from their checking account at an ATM hmm. in downtown Sonoma um about like two and a half miles away from their house and then she left on foot so like I kind of feel like he, maybe he came home like super super late and she's like oh shit like maybe the neighbor told him or like maybe he knows what's going on so she like leaves super early 
to like get money out. Hmm. So now we're going to kind of talk about murders. I forgot how much lead up there was into the murders. Like yeah. we are getting right into the murder, but there there was a lot of weird weird behavior that happened before. Like obviously this whole like thing with them going to the bar like five fucking times like is weird. Like yeah. that wasn't like a normal like none of that was normal behavior for him. I don't think that's normal behavior for anybody. No. No. It's not. Like most people either commit to going to the bar or commit to going home. Right. Like they're not like going back and forth to the bar. I know I'm also not going to show up at my friend's house at like 2 a.m. and be like, hey, do you want to go to the bar with me? Like, no, bitch, right. that's when they close. Leave me alone. <laughs> Why are you at my house? Right. But, you know, fucking Mario was just like, let's go. <laughs> and then as soon as he got there, he was like, let's go home. <laughs> Like what? Literally, what was the point? Like, why'd you even go? Seriously, you're just immediately gonna turn around and go home. <laughs> but okay. Anyways, we're gonna talk about Angela for a minute. Okay, I think I'm done making Mario jokes. I think I've made all of the all of the ones that I could make. We'll see. There might be more opportunities. <laughs> okay, so Angela, um, she was born to Robert and Marion. And she also has two younger sisters, um, one named Ruth, who's 12, I believe, and then Marie, who is eight. That feels um, like a bit of an age gap. Yeah, it is a bit of an age gap because she was definitely older. Like, she was closer in age to Ramon. Like, there was a decent, like, age gap here. So they lived not far away on Lakewood Avenue. Um, so her dad left for work at 7 a.m. and he had like a business trip to New York so like when he left that morning like he was not planning on coming home like mm-hmm. he was planning on just going straight to New York and like not coming back okay um so about that same like just a little bit after seven the neighbor Roy Curtis sees their like they had a chihuahua and he saw that it was like outside and it was like freezing cold like shaking and like crying mm-hmm. And he was like, that's really weird. Like, they take really good care of their dog. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, I'd never seen the dog loose before. So he goes and knocks on their front door, but nobody answered. Um, so a little bit later that day, uh, well, he said that he heard a man's voice, but then he thought it was just the television. And later on, an, another neighbor reported, like, around the same time that they heard a woman screaming no, um, but they also didn't report it. Oh. So, uh, oh, so the police didn't get there right away. Um, it wasn't until 7.30 where, um, like, a different... Oh, no, sorry. It was 8 o'clock. Um, a different neighbor heard commotion going on actually over at Ramon's house and ended up calling the cops and that's how the cops kind of roundabout ended up at Angela's house so it like like they people didn't get over to this house for like a while mm-hmm. but when they did get there they found um Marion so Angela's mom um and the eight-year-old were lying in the front hallway um marie had still been wearing her night that's the eight-year-old um she had been still wearing her nightgown um her underpants were like wrapped around one of her ankles 
Um, and then they also found Ruth, who was 12. She was in the kitchen. Um, she was also wearing a nightgown. Her underwear had also been removed, and there was, like, blood around her, like, bloody handprints, like, mm-hmm. on her. Like, it was clear that someone had, like, t- like touched her body, at least. Um, they found a bloody knife near Marion's feet, who's the, the grandma. And they also found um, a couple of boxes of twenty-two caliber bullets and a box of bandages that had blood on it. Um, and then they also found a fingerprint and blood in the bedroom as well. So they found out that Marion had suffered a blunt force injury to the back of her head, but all three of them had actually died from blood loss due to their throats being slit. Ugh. So Ramon gets home to his actual house, like his own house that he stays in with Angela. And it's like that, that like he gets home around like 730 and like they start hearing some noise. But around eight, um, his neighbor like heard people like running around inside of his house. And then she heard like a gun go off three times. Which I think the worst part of that because i'll explain in a second uh what happened in the house uh but the worst part of that is that she actually heard well probably heard angela's last words um because what had happened essentially was ramon had been obviously at the other house Mm -hmm. and killed them comes back to his own house pulls a gun on angela And he ended up shooting her three times. He shot her in the shoulder and then he shot her twice in the head. Um, But between every shot, um, like she heard the neighbor heard a shot go off and then she heard Angela scream, watch out. And then she heard a second shot and then she heard Angela scream, watch out again. And then she heard the third shot and like didn't hear any more noise. Damn. So I'm assuming maybe he, like, got her in the shoulder first. Mm -hmm. And then, but even then, it's like she was shot twice in the head. So it's like, even after she got shot, she was still thinking that he didn't mean to do it. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like a stop. It was not a, no, don't do this. It was just like a, watch out. Like, I don't think she actually, like, thought that anything bad was going to happen to her. Yeah. Which is really sad. Mm, that is really sad. Well, I feel like it's a little bit bittersweet. Because it's like, she probably wasn't as scared. Because she's like, watch out, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, I hate that. I hate that a lot. So, yeah. anyways. I can't decide, like, if I would want to die with the understanding of what was happening. Or, like, die thinking that something else was going on and, like, not be as scared. See that, yeah, I'm torn on that too. Like, I can't imagine being in either scenario, but like, I can't. I I feel like personally, I would rather be ignorant. No. Like, I feel like I'd rather have it be less scary. I don't know. I'm too much of a like information whore. Like, if I die and I find out that you did it on purpose, I'm going to haunt your ass forever. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I get that. Okay. So. He's murdered Angela's pretty much her whole family, except for her grandpa. Or not her grandpa, but her dad. 
mm-hmm. his kid's grandpa. He goes to his house, kills his wife. Um, he leaves killing his wife and heads over to his supervisor's house, which is this lady named Tracy Tuvey. So about, we don't know like the exact time, like to the minute, um, but around 8 a.m. ish. Like it must have mm-hmm. been like just after 8 a.m. He pulls up, like he knows the commute that his like boss takes, like his supervisor takes. You yeah. know what I mean? So he pulls up beside him um, and kind of flashes his lights, kind of gets him to like pull over to the side. And Tracy's kind of like, um, weird but okay yeah so he walks up and is basically like i'm going to kill you and his supervisor was like is this because i was going to fire you and ramon's like so you were gonna fire me (laughs) oh my god and so he fires into the car but he wasn't sure because he confessed to all of this okay so like all of this is just him being like yeah, I went here and did this, and then I went here and did that. We love a co- uh, cooperative murderer. I almost didn't make it through that word. Yeah, I think he knew that he was like, yeah, there's no way I'm getting away from this. Because also he says later that like through all of this, like he was planning on just killing himself. Mm. And like his original plan, I think, was just for him to be like him to kill his wife. And then himself, mm-hmm. like, I'm not really sure. And I don't think even he's really sure why all like of how these, like, got, random people got roped got, into got. this. <laughs> so Tuvi ended up suffering four gunshot wounds, uh, three to his head and one to his arm. Um, and they were all from the same, like, 22 caliber that's been used for everything else so far. Mm-hmm. So then, and he's found dead at, like, 820. So, like, all of this is happening, like very quick like because he got there like after eight like kills him and then immediately drives away so he drives like straight from there to his other supervisor's house this guy named kenneth beauty and the guy like obviously doesn't know what's happening so like ramon shows up and he's just like hey like what's going on like how are you and then he noticed that ramon had blood all over him and he just was like what the fuck like he's kind of like in shock like what's going on mm-hmm. um and ramon like pops up a gun like props it on the window of his car and shoots at him like several times oh my god and he's like you know beauty like tries to run away he's like well, what the fuck um so he only ended up getting shot in the shoulder and like his wife comes out to see what's going on and she got so lucky because Ramon just decides, like, it's not worth it. He's like, it, whatever, it, this isn't even worth it. And so he ends up just, like, pulling out and leaving. So Kenneth Dude ends up is... being okay because he just gets shot in the shoulder. And, like, luckily his wife didn't get shot. But it's just like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> Dude is, like, straight up out of control. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, good. And... um. So Kenneth's wife, Terry, the one who, like, watched all this happen, she Mm -hmm. said, like, Ramon looked, like, just empty. Like, he looked, like, very alert and, like, he was very, like, focused. But she said he had just, like, no expression, no emotion. Like, he was just, like, a Hmm. blank slate. 
That's interesting. Just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So we're now, that was like 8.15. So now we're at 8.26. Um, at 8.26, he calls his mother in Mexico, <laughs> where he was born, and is basically like, hey, I just killed a fuck ton of people. <laughs> um, definitely going to prison. Probably just going to kill myself. And she's like, okay, um, do you want to come to Mexico so me and your sister can say goodbye first, though? Aww. Which is, like, a strange reaction, but also, I guess, wholesome? Uh, I don't really know how to feel about all of that. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't tell if she's, like, plotting to keep him alive so she can, like, turn him in. Or, like is legitimately just a mom that's like, um, can I at least say goodbye? <laughs> right. Like, you're like, uh, I don't know though. Like if I had a child and they were like, Hey, I just killed like eight people. I'd be like, yeah, you should stay the fuck away from me. Like you're in the U S right now. Stay there. Please be in a different country. Like, just because everyone he murdered is like people he knew. Well, like this is like his family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like his friends and like his coworkers. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird situation. I can't decide what I would want. So at 8:50, he like his neighbors see him leave like very quickly. Mm-hmm. So by 9 a.m., they're at the house and they discover Angela's body in the hallway. Um they found like he didn't even take the cash or anything. Um you know, they found like the money she had taken out, the ATM receipt. Um, they found they ended up finding six bullet casings, but like I said, she only had the three bullet wounds, two to her head and one to her shoulder. Jesus. So at 924, he tries to take out money um at Wells Fargo. Well, he doesn't try to take out money, but he takes out money at Wells Fargo. Um at 10 a.m. he ends up buying like a new pair of clothes, because his clothes have fucking blood on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Rafael, he didn't even seem to be like in a hurry. Like them watching back the cameras and stuff, like he seemed real calm, super chill, like didn't really seem like he was concerned about anything. That's so weird. So they ended up finding his car parked by this department store later on. Um, he had left like, you know, the bags, the the tags, the receipt left behind. Um he left the 22 caliber handgun and a knife that still had blood on it. Hmm. And then he also left three notes. Um, he left a note for Arturo and Richard, which were like the dudes that he did cocaine with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's saying that he hoped that they would be arrested because they sold coke. Oh, what? So like a snitch and a fuckhead. Wow, that's a complete 180. And also, they barely even, like, did coke. They did, like, a gram of coke. So it's, like, it's not like these dudes were, like, giant drug-dealing people either. Like They were fucking dudes on a Friday night, like. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, fuck you. Little fucking asshole. They didn't need to be brought into this for any goddamn reason. Bitch boy. And so the second note was to his children, and it said, your father loves you very much. We will see each other in God's other world. And then the last note 
said, forgive me, God, but this law made me do it. My children and I could live better, but I was pushed into doing it. So I'm assuming here he's talking about like the child support, like the alimony. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming. I mean, like dads aren't getting custody at that time frame. Like, it's almost always going to the mom. So I, I like, I'll kind of give it to him, but also like, bruh, just be a good dad. (laughs) Um, speaking of good dads, do you want to hear the bad part now? Oh, oh, good. Okay, yep. So Am I gonna not feel bad anymore? You're not you're not gonna feel bad anymore. Okay. Um, so in the car as well, on top of all those other things that I just mentioned, um, they mm-hmm. also found articles of children's clothing with blood on them and a blanket. <gasps> um, so on noon of at noon on Saturday, April 15th of the obviously 1989, um, they ended up finding his three daughters. Um, in the tall grass at the bottom of a 15-foot, like, hill. Um, it was, like, it was, like, a dumping site that was, like, also kind of right next to, like, this parking lot near a quarry. Like, it was kind of, like, a middle of nowhere where people dump their trash kind of area. And it was at the bottom of, like, a this, you know, this large hill. Um, so two of the people who worked at the quarry ended up from like far away like seeing the bodies um so obviously they ended up going over there they ended up going over there obviously um so sophia ended up because his three daughters are sophia carmina and Teresa. so sophia um, ended up dying of blood loss caused by three large cuts around her throat that penetrated all the way to her spine. Um, they're not sure which one. All of them would have been fatal on their own. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell. Um, she could have survived for a little while um, because like, if she went into shock, which obviously she was going to go into shock, but if she went into shock pretty quickly, like that would kind of slow down the flow of blood. But she probably didn't survive for very long. No. Um, she also had a wound on her hand consistent with like defensive behavior. And then Teresa died from the same thing. She also had two. Well, she only had two large cuts instead of three. But same thing all the way down to her spine. Either one like would have killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carmina also had uh, one large cut from one side of her jawbone all the way to the other. Um, that was so bad it not only exposed her voice box but it ended up like cutting through her tongue as well Um, but the only reason she survived was because the way she like landed um Mm -hmm. she ended up like sitting with her like chin tucked into her chest like she ended up kind of in like an upright position with her chin like tucked which ended up applying pressure on the wound which allowed it to, like, stop bleeding. And her wound, I don't think, was as... Like, obviously, it was very deep, and it was very severe. But it was not in the same place as theirs, where hers went more, like, up, like, into her voice box and, like, her tongue instead of going back towards her, like, spine. Fucking hell, dude. Um, And it's crazy that she also survived that way as well, because they said that if she would have laid down... 
um, it wouldn't even been like the bleeding that would have got her. Like her tongue probably would have suffocated her because it wasn't yeah, attached it properly. Yeah. Um. So like it was just kind of like pure luck that she ended up sitting upright and like couldn't really move. Jeez. Um. But she ended up surviving for thirty hours before she was found. Um, and at one point, like, it was so bad, like, at one point, she got so hungry, she ended up eating, um, some, like, pebbles she found on the ground. I mean, too, also at this time, she's, like, three years old. Yeah. Two or three years old. So, like, she's a toddler. I realize I didn't say that. So, like, she obviously doesn't know how to take care of herself. She doesn't know how to do anything. I don't have their exact ages, but they were all under, like, six, if I believe. Like, they were... These are young, like children. Um, so yeah, she basically got super, 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 super fucking lucky. Um, and they ended up finding her in time. Uh, she ended up getting treated by twenty different doctors. Um, and when they ended up taking her to the hospital, she also was like, "Yeah, my dad did this to me." So obviously, they tested the knife and the handgun. They were all obviously what was used. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then they realized, like, they definitely know it was what was used because the pistol had, like, a, a misfire. What was it called? A feeding problem. That, like, when you try to shoot it, the first round would, like, get stuck. Gotcha. Which is why he had so many extra cartridges. Like, he would put it in and it would get stuck and he would just, like, eject it and then, like, shoot. Dude, fuck him. So she testified because, like, she's still alive, obviously. Um, and she's actually the one who wrote the book, which I'll, I'll mention okay. that at the end as well. But she's the one who ended up going on and, like, writing the book about her experience. And she's, like, been pretty successful since then. Like, the book did, it seems like it did pretty well. And then she was on, like, American Idol, like we were talking about yesterday, um, which is crazy for, like, her getting her voice box cut into and, yeah. like, her tongue cut into. Like, the fact that she can still sing and is, like, good. You know what I mean? Like, she's very talented. Yeah. Is, like, crazy. Because, yeah, she ended up... Yeah, it was really fucked because she ended up talking to... Uh, this was an interview from 2020. And she, even though she was, like, so young, obviously, um, she still, like, could remember like very well like what happened she was like i remember him carrying me out of the house that morning we were driving for about like 15 minutes and she like leans forward and she goes like papa where are we going and he told her to just like shut up and sit down and she like could tell by his face that like not to ask questions you yeah. know what i mean like he obviously looked super angry um and then they he, like, takes Teresa, kills her, like, tosses her over, does the same thing to Sophia, does the same thing to Carmina. And she even said, like, it it was really weird because she was, like, none of them felt like they could do anything about it. Like, obviously, they're very little. But she was, like, there, nobody cried. Like, nobody was screaming. Like, it wasn't. Like, obviously, it was terrified, like, terrifying, like, they were scared, but, like, they're just little kids. Like, they were just doing what their dad told them to. Like, she said yeah. she didn't try to run away. Like, she didn't, you know what I mean? Like, she just shut down. She didn't know what to do. 
which is really sad. I feel like the only part of it that's like mildly comforting is that she said that it was so quick that like it 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 didn't even like hurt. Like she said it was just like it was so quick and then she just like pretty much passed out like immediately. Like she doesn't really like she didn't really feel any pain and then she like woke up like way later on. Like at the yeah. bottom of the hill kind of a thing. I mean that's good but still like fucking a. Yeah, and then she immediately I love that she immediately goes to the hospital and just like, yeah. 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 My dad did Fuck that. This guy. <laughs> they said that she took um they gave her a coloring book and she took a picture of a puppy out of the coloring book and basically like cut like drew big red lines over the throat and like her hand and was like this is what my dad did to me. And they were like Ah, fuck my whole life. That's I hate that. Yeah, God. Yeah, I I hate I hate this man just about as much or more than anyone we've ever talked about. Like I really fucking hate him. The fucking audacity to write a letter to your daughters when you know that you fucking murdered them. Yeah, because like they didn't even realize that this had happened at that point. Like they're worried about fucking the house full of dead people, like in, in the Lakewood Avenue house. Like they're worried about fucking Angela. Like they don't even know where the kids are. They think maybe he like kidnapped them or something. And then they find this car full of weapons with these notes about like him caring about his kids. You know what I mean? Like they were probably worried that he like had the kids with him. They end up arresting him a couple of days later, April 19th of 1989, um, at a train station in, like, Mexico. Like, in the city. His birth city. The one that he was going back to to visit his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and right away. Like, right away. He's like, yep. Like, I'm guilty. I made a mistake. I'm gonna turn myself in. Like, Yep. Um, so as they're flying back to California, to Sonoma County, he, like, makes the whole statement where he, like, goes through and talks about everything that he did. And they asked him, like, when did he think he was going to murder these people? Like, did he plan it ahead of time? And he said Thursday is when he, like, planned on it. Like, when he found out, like, he had just found out about the child support and, like, his wife and that's when he decided and then they were like okay well were you drunk were you high and he was like well i did a little bit of stuff but i don't think it was that like he said that he felt like he was someone else which feels like an excuse i'm just saying um so then he explained that he had gone home and then his wife wasn't there it's it's probably when she was going to the atm Mm -hmm. um and she wasn't there but the kids were there so he got extra mad about it that's what it was um and then so he decided that when that happened when he got home that night he decided that he was going to kill himself and the children and so that's when he cut all of their throats that solves literally nothing, but okay. Yep. 
And then that's from there, because he did that first at like 6 a.m. And then Mm -hmm. from there is when he drove over to like her parents' house and like saw the grandpa leave and then went in to like kill the rest of them. His reason for killing them was that they knew that one of his daughters was not actually his biological daughter. Okay, and? Which, first of all, yeah. Okay, and. But then they did a, uh, like, a paternity test, and they found out that that was true. Like, it actually wasn't his daughter. Okay. But still, it's just, like, Like, not a reason to kill somebody. (laughs) For real, though. And it's, like, clearly you knew about that beforehand. And if you're going to use that as your reasoning, like, then kill the person that cheated on you, not their family. They had literally nothing to do with it. Right. Like, how is that not their that I'm, fault? Okay. Not that I'm condoning murder, but like, if you're going to use that as your justification, leave the fucking family alone. They didn't, they had nothing to do with that. Exactly. And then, so he testified that, because he, I guess he thought that his wife was going to be there. Like, he thought that that's where she was. Like, because he couldn't find her earlier. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, maybe she's at home. And so he shows up. He asked her mom for a screwdriver, followed her to the garage, and then hit her with a jack for a car. Yeah. From behind. So I don't even know how you swing one of those, to be honest. So that's terrifying. Hate that. Um, And then he ran into Ruth. Where he grabbed a knife off of the counter and then ended up cutting her throat. And then oh, he... Good. This is like the grossest part of... I think this is the part I hate the most besides his own kids. Is that he like... He didn't sexually assault them. But like the fact that he like unclothed and like touched like a, an 8 year old and a 12 year old. Like, he didn't sexually assault them, but, like, still, they had, like, bloody handprints on them in spots where there should not be bloody handprints. Hate that. Hate all of that. You know what I mean? Um, But he said he just looked at them and then didn't touch them, which is, well, he did touch them. Obviously, that part's not true. So then the eight-year-old appears, obviously, like, what the fuck is going on? Where's my Mm -hmm. mom? And that's when he decided to kill her because he was afraid that she would say things. So then he leaves. And this is when he said he was planning to kill himself and kill his wife. But obviously he killed his wife and did not kill himself. Um, And then he didn't really give a lot of explanation for why he killed the other or like tried to kill the other two people. He was just kind of like, yeah. I just felt were, like it. That's so fucking... That's so weird. Yeah, like, he didn't have, like, a good reason for it at all. Um, so, now we're more into the trial. Um, like I said, he had done coke. He had drank. Um, which, obviously, by the time they caught him, it was, like, days later. So, like, it was too late to test him for anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But they ended up, which this is cool. I did not know about this. Or I feel like I did, but maybe I just like shoved it away in the back of my head for a while. Um, But they tested, because he obviously left blood behind. Like Mm -hmm. he had those bloody handprints and stuff. And like part of it was because he had like cut himself on accident. 
And he ended up, they ended up testing the blood that he left behind. And they could get like a cocaine reading, like his cocaine levels off of that, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um, but his cocaine levels, like they, sh- it showed up, but he had, um, let's see, it was 201 nanograms, but the oh, yeah, professional, like nothing. Yeah. The professional that they had like testify, like the psychopsychologist, like or psychopharmacologist, um said that like he would expect it to be be like 500 to a thousand nanometers if he was like like fucked up yeah like if if it had enough like if he did enough to where it would have like actually significantly affected his behavior like it would have been a lot higher so like i said like he did the drugs and that's kind of what the prosecution tried to like go for was like oh the drugs made him crazy like drug psychosis and they're like dog he barely did any drugs right like, like he did them nothing but in his system barely um and then obviously it was pretty easy for them to get him on like planning the crime uh first of all because he admitted to thinking about it beforehand um but also like he obviously traveled from crime scene to crime scene to crime scene to crime scene like quite easily like Mm -hmm. he obviously testified that he had like thought process like when he showed up to like to the like grandparents house like Mm -hmm. he you know he had a ruse ready to be like oh can i borrow a screwdriver and then like wait till her back was turned and stuff so it's like obviously he's thinking about it beforehand yeah Jeez, what a fucking asshole. Sorry, I'm just trying to skip through this because I feel like a lot of this is not really that important. Like, they ended up finding out, like, more about him, like, later. Like, him and his family, I guess, like, didn't super get along. Like, the Mm -hmm. reason he even he like left Mexico to come to the U S was because he threatened to kill his entire family. Oh, good. So this is like not new behavior, which is super funny that if you threaten to kill your entire family, that when you call your family and you're like, Hey, by the way, um, I just killed like eight people. And they're like, can you come visit us before you go to prison? <laughs> I'd be like, fuck no. Right. Stay like, the fuck away from me. Like you already threatened to kill bye. me. And now you've actually like, killed people. What the fuck? Like, what state are you in? I'm calling the cops on site. Yeah, like, uh, n- no. <laughs> um, so weird. And this also, like, I feel like his relations with, like, his family, like, he was really strained with, like, the whole Mexican side of his ancestry. Mm-hmm. Like, they said that he tried to like appear much like wealthier than he was that he really like he didn't want to hang out with anyone really like of his culture like he was always hanging out in like white restaurants white bars like he was trying to like distance himself from it like as much as possible that's super fucked but okay which is super weird though because like another one of his issues with Angela was that she wasn't like traditional enough like, she wanted to, like, do too much. 
like as a wife, he's like, no, 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 you're a woman. You're a second class citizen. What are you doing? So it's just like, I don't know how you can reject your culture, but then at the same time, treat your wife shitty because she doesn't follow your culture. It's like, well, do you want to be part of the culture or not? Right. Like you can't pick and choose when it's convenient to you. Yeah. And he had like a bad, like it's, it's weird because it's like, I feel like everyone felt really complicated about him. Like it's like people liked him, but then also people are like, well, like we liked him and he was like friendly and he seemed like a good dad, but also like he had anger problems and he like would drink a lot and he kind of would lie about shit. So I feel like everyone was kind of just like, but it seems like no one expected anything like this except maybe his family. (laughs) But his family was in Mexico, so it's, like, not like any of these people that met him in California knew anything about that. Yeah, that's super fucked. And he's, like, clearly trying to distance himself from Mexico as much as possible. So I'm sure it's obviously not something he was, like, walking around Mm -hmm. talking about. Um, They did actually have someone testify that um, the prosecution, or not the prosecution, the defense had someone testify that he had, like, experienced a psychotic episode um, but that wasn't super helpful because they had, like, four other people testify that he was totally mentally okay. Yeah, so I don't buy the... I mean, like, we've talked about this before because, like, everybody and their brother tries to plead insanity and, like... Well, that's exactly what, too, because they were trying uh, to get him with the death penalty. And I think he was trying to just be like, no, I'm crazy. Oh, no, Isn't it's the consequences crazy? of your own actions. <laughs> Uh, but that didn't work out for him, and they did Strangely sentence enough. him to death row. Uh, so um, he did try to appeal several times. Um, the first time was in 2010, um, but then he applied again in 2013, but they never did anything with it. Yeah, because he can literally go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny because, like, so he put in his, like, petition was a, a habeas, like, a writ of habeas corpus. Um, and it was really funny. So, like, he had the first one, and it was pending from 2010 to 2013. So he did the second one, and that was pending till 2016. But in 2016, they ca- passed a law Uh, proposition 66 where capital murder defendants can no longer um like they can't petition for that like that way anymore so it's like he spent six years with this pending just for it not even to matter because they just voted that capital murder defendants can't do that anyways (laughs) which honestly is exactly what he deserved yeah i don't that's they're like i know you waited for this for six years but actually um we're just going to abolish that whole process. So that's not going to work out for you. <laughs> I don't... <sighs> um, and then as far as I could find, he's still just... Just chilling there. He's in San Quentin, as far as I'm aware. He's just been chilling ever since. Good. I fucking hope he rots there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, like, what happened to his fucking daughter. Like, obviously, it's a fucking miracle that she survived. But, like, her life... Like, obviously, she's successful now. But she had a lot of shit to go through to get there. 
I mean, obviously there's the whole physical healing and like, you know, the trauma from your dad fucking trying to kill you. I was going to say, I cannot imagine like how much therapy was involved. Well, and even worse is he, (laughs) so when all this happened, whatever, they like found her, she's in the hospital and stuff. Um, They originally wanted her grandpa to adopt her because he was like the only family left. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he just gave her up for adoption because he was like, "Um, no, that's too stressful. I'm too sad. I'm too sad to raise her by herself. Get fucked. Yep. Like, can you fucking... Can you fucking imagine? Like, your only family left in the world. They're just like, yeah, so um, I know you're probably going to be traumatized forever in the adoption system, um, but I'm too sad. That's absurd. That is so fucking absurd. And it's like, I don't want to downplay, like, his depression stuff. Like, I can't imagine having not only my entire family, but then my entire, like, grand family to you know what i mean because it was like yeah. his wife his daughter all of his daughters and his grandchildren so like i i get it but at the same time like it feels like if there was any time you needed to stand up for your family like that's the time but maybe that's just maybe that's just me i yeah no <laughs> just no um so then she gets adopted by an insanely religious family like very oh, very strict God. super religious um and they ended up living in missouri and they changed her name to cecilia so she would be kind of you know under the radar mm-hmm. um he would her grandpa would come visit her once once a year once a fucking year that feels like not enough but okay um it's really i'll send you the picture i have of them too like i'll post it but it's like, you can tell that their relationship, like, they're not that close. Like, they are literally taking this picture and they're standing, like, six feet apart from each other. And they oh, both look no. very uncomfortable. So, it was so religious. Um, She wanted to escape her life. Like, she really did not like her adopted family and, like, what was happening. So, she ended up joining a convent at 17. Oh, good. Um, She became a nun. Um, she became Sister Miriam. Um, but then <laughs> when she was 18, she quit the convent and moved to a ranch for troubled teen girls in Idaho. Uh, okay. Um, but then, which I don't blame her. Like, yeah, I get, I- like, honestly, like, a convent was probably the only way she was going to get away from her adopted family. Yeah. Like, because they are so religious, like, I can see that being really, like, the only thing they'd be, like, cool with her leaving for. Yeah. So, like, I don't blame her. And then she got out as soon as she was, like, legally old enough to. So, like, you know, I get it. Um, She now works. She actually moved back to Sonoma County, back to California, um, because she wanted to kind of, like, reconnect with her family and, like, her past and stuff um so she works there as a dog groomer um and then she also wrote the book that i was talking about and the book's called um not lost forever my story of survival oh so i I do want to read all of that i did not have time to read all of that before this um but from what i was reading about it too like it's a lot more about like her 
and yeah. her story and her experience and like her life after that and it wasn't really so much about like him or his life so i feel like it's super interesting but it wasn't like necessarily super relevant yeah uh, because also these murders and stuff happened to little baby children that he didn't treat well so i was like honestly the court transcripts have enough detail they have too much detail like i skipped detail because i was like i don't want to talk about this especially not in regards to children yeah that's so i was like you know <sighs> i'm good on the book for a minute but i do want to read it someday yeah eventually and i'm very proud of her like i said and she was like on american idol and stuff like she seems like she has done quite well for herself based mm -hmm. on her very fucked up childhood so like all props to her yeah good also i feel like this doesn't need to be said but i will say it as a disclaimer do not contact her do not message her that's cool if you think what she did is very admirable and very inspirational. I also think the same thing. Leave She's talked about it enough. <laughs> she had to write a whole book about it. She's been blown up by ABC and I'm sure every other fucking news outlet that's ever existed. I'm sure she's tired of talking about it. Like, she knows she's inspirational. Yeah. You can just keep that in your brain. Just, just let her live a life. Leave her alone. <laughs> leave her alone. Yeah. I, like, I debated not even doing this case because I was, like, worried about the fact that people involved are, like, still alive. Like, I try to avoid that. Like, if the killer's still alive, that's different. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, like, if the victims are still alive or, like, there's still a bunch of family alive, you know what I mean? Like, I just try to, yeah, you know. But, yeah. Try to be respectful about it. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. There was a lot of... A lot of weird, th but the, you see why I say he's not really a serial killer. Yeah, but he was just like a, a like a spree killer, unhinged. <laughs> yeah, because it's like he. I mean, he did kill because it would have been one, two, three. He killed seven people, but attempted nine. Yeah, That's which is just... a lot. Because also, this all happened between six and like eight o'clock. 8 30 yeah, like not a lot of time yeah because like and he had to drive to like almost every single one of these people hmm. so it's like clearly he had to plan this like that was a lot like i don't think i think he planned it in the sense of like he was like kind of was like keeping tat like i don't think he necessarily sat and read out like wrote out the whole plan because like the things that just happened were like his triggers yeah, I feel like he was going after his wife and then everybody else was collateral damage, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's just like, there was really no reason to bring in the kids. Like like we said, like, who gave a fuck if Sophia wasn't your kid? Like, I get it. Like, I get being upset if you had a whole ass child, you thought it was your child, and it turns out that your significant other lied to you and it's someone else's child. That's fucked up. Uh, but that's not the child's fault. Right. What did the child do? The, like, <laughs> like, this is a baby. This is a toddler. Like, the baby didn't do anything wrong. None of these, none of the people involved here did anything wrong. Do I agree with everything Angela did? Obviously not. No. But... Uh, probably don't cheat on your significant other and have kids that they think are theirs but are not. Like, obviously, that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, but you don't deserve to die about it 
And none of the, none of these other people deserve to die about it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Especially the person who's just gonna, like, fire him. Like, what? Or his other supervisor, the one he shot in the shoulder, like, they literally didn't even really have problems like that. Right. Like, Like, they didn't like each other super a lot, but, like, it wasn't really, like, a big issue. Which I think is why he also, like, gave up on it. Yeah. It was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. This isn't working out how I thought. That's fine. That's interesting. I don't know. That's weird. I... This whole case is weird as fuck. I don't want it in my head anymore. (laughs) I didn't want it in my head anymore either, and it's been in there for a while, so I just needed to talk about it. I appreciate you sticking. Because, like, this one's also, like, a confusing one. Yeah. There's just a lot of, like... Like, the lead up to it is confusing. Yeah. But I feel like it's also important because it shows that he's clearly, like, not in a great state of mind. Like, he's being real bizarre. Mm. Yeah. But the whole thing... Like, I can't imagine, too, like, if you're, like, his friends that he was, like, hanging out with on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine, like, hanging out with your friend and they're, like, acting a little bit weird, but you're not really, like, thinking that hard about it? You're just like, man, it looks like he's going through some shit. Well, and, like, that's what's like, weird, damn. too, is, like... And then find out that they murdered, like, seven people. <laughs> like, what... Was that gonna be, like, your defense or, like, your alibi like, were you going to expect your buddies to, like, find your wife cheating on you at this hotel and, like, be like, yeah, no, we totally didn't see him there. That's so crazy. Yeah, and I wonder what would have happened. What was the end game? Like, I kind of wonder, too, like, if he would have gone, because I feel like that also implies that he planned it. Because he, like, obviously planned to, like, go to this hotel and, like, thought that she was cheating on him mm-hmm. and, like, was looking for her, which I feel like also shows planning. But it's, like, I wonder what would have happened if he would have found her. Like, say she would have been at the hotel. Like, say she was at the hotel with some guy. Like, I wonder if he would have stopped there. Right. Like, would like that if have he been would it? have maybe like killed them or like tried to kill them and then just like stopped. Because it seems mm. like all this started like when he got home and she wasn't there. She still wasn't there, and like the kids mm-hmm. were there. Because he ended up killing the kids before anything. But it's just, like, doesn't make sense to me. Like, I I don't know. None of this makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'm glad to have it not in my brain. (laughs) Because if if anyone's a trash human, it's him. Seriously, fuck this guy. It's him. I don't really fuck, obviously, I don't fuck with anybody who fucks with kids. Like, I extra am, like, you are the worst human being. But, like, for some reason, this one, like, extra gets me. I'm like, no, you were just, like literally the worst human like fuck you yeah Mm -mm. so uh nope stay spooky but i can't even uh, pinpoint not so spooky that if your wife cheats on you you take it out on other people yeah take it out on your fucking wife i mean don't take it out on your wife that's not what i'm trying to say but Lay the blame where it goes. Yeah. Like, do the normal thing. Divorce her first. Because also, realistically, like, first of all, if he's so mad that, like, she might get the kids and he might have to try, like, child support, then, like, you divorce her. And, like, bring up this adultery stuff. Like, that was important. Especially back then, it was more important than it is now. But even now, like, to this day, like, when you divorce someone, 
Like, you have to give a reason for it. Yeah. And, like, you can say, like, adultery. And, like, they do take that, like, seriously. Uh, So it's just, like, you could have just, like, divorced her. Or, like, even (laughs) if you want to, like, be meaner and make people, like, hate her, then, like, go around and fucking tell everybody. Right. And be like, wow, she's a fucking whore like she slept with all these people or something you know what i mean like there was a lot of other steps you could have taken first uh that weren't just murder everyone who's ever spoken to her seriously yeah stay spooky but not so spooky that you drag your friends around on your weird little pre-murder investigation yeah and if you're trying to get your friends to cover for you for murder then like maybe you should tell them you're gonna murder somebody because right. it kind of feels like that's what he was doing like you said like he was trying to kind of set up like an alibi like slash like people right. who would kind of have his back but all of his friends were like like yeah we're just on this going weird on adventure because <laughs> like, i don't even think he told them about like the cheating and like his daughter not actually being his daughter and like stuff like that like i'm not sure they even knew about that and they didn't know he was going to the inn to like ask if she was there. Right. You know I feel I mean? like. So it's like you think you would have at uh, least like cued so them fucking in. Weird. Like they might have been a lot more likely to defend you if you would have been like, hey, my wife cheated on me. Like I found out my kid isn't my kid. Like I think she might be cheating on me right now because she's not home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like and I feel like his friends probably would have had his back. So it's like so the whole thing is weird to me. It's so fucking weird. So, there you go. I don't... I hate it. I hate everything about it. You know, I feel that. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you don't go to our Beacons page and check out all of our links and follow us on all of the things. Too spooky. Too spooky. Can't do it. Won't allow it. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I'm done.